Is there any sound coming through? Oh no, Paul will have reversed me, won't he? No, we've got sound back. Sound is back. Have we Sorry got sound about back, that, guys? <laughs> Sorry about that. See, I've just been trying point. to write sound on, <laughs> but I got it backwards. So, oh, yeah. dear. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry, everyone that joins <laughs> me doing stuff live. Please forgive me. Um, do we have to repeat all of that again? Oh, fuck. Oh, sake. do we have to start again? Oh, oh my God. Wrong. I had a shit week. That's all that matters. I've had a shit yeah. week. I've been ill. I did loads of drag stuff. There we go. We've you we've all been we've all been busy. Uh, we've discussed the first scene of Star Trek. Uh, I was going to say Star Trek Titan. There. Oh, good God. The first scene of Star Trek Titan with Vadik just pissed as a pissed as a mongoose. Yeah. Um, one of one of the ooh, one ooh, of the... she's an angry one, isn't she? Oh, she, she's, she's so angry. But no, we were so, what we were saying about Vadic is that on my one on Amazon Prime, despite all of the problems we've had with subtitles and all the spoilers so far, I didn't get any subtitles for the little changeling uh, uh, henchman. Like, so Vadic had subtitles, and then he didn't, and so I had no idea what he was actually saying in his alien language. And then Goodwill was like, oh, well, I got subtitles. And I'm like, oh, well, I just assumed we weren't meant to know what he was saying, you know. It's so, it's yeah. uh, it's it's very it's very weird that the 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 subtitles. It's it's weird that Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah, because it, it had some bits in it where the subtitles of like where subtitles appeared for like a flash and then vanished mm. and mm. they kind of happened before stuff. So I basically think that they, um, yeah, I, I think that they like just messed up or they typed them in. So maybe his subtitles were there, but like in the wrong place later in the episode or something. But what is Jeff Bezos doing? What, I what, is, what is I think he's firing all the people yeah. that know what to do. He's an expanse fan and he's, he's just, he's just trying to upset the apple cart when it comes to that. Um, but yes, uh, that was what we've just been talking about, scene one. Um, obviously, this is the uh, the wall of bankruptcy, as I was mentioning there. Uh, this <laughs> Look is at literally the wall, they're amazing. It's uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's a mix. I've of... never been so turned on by a set of Billy bootcases. I'm just saying that now. <laughs> okay, that's like oof, oof. That's an oof. erotic IKEA shop. That is oof. big of. But I have said to Graham that if I do step back, a really expensive model will be destroyed. So I have to be very careful of how oh, my yeah. how I position my fat just ass. Don't move. <laughs> yes, uh, but I did. Say I've got the wall of bankruptcy behind me. I have got the <laughs> semi wall of almost bankruptcy in front of me, and then next to me, I've got the wall of Battlestar Galactica and Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, I will tell everyone why I'm in this position later on. For two on the only fans. On the, well, yes, but uh, <laughs> there, there are two reasons for this. Yes, it is Starship Pawn Blue Harvest. Um, and I will tell you why it is Starship Pawn later on. <laughs> so, yes, so after the Vadic scene, after the intro, we go to the Titan where um, Crusher is telling Picard that uh, Jack has Iromotic Syndrome um, and that it is terminal. So Picard feels the instant burden of passing on this disease, which he had, which as mm. Star Trek fans will know, uh, Picard succumbed to at uh, the end of season one of Star Trek Picard. Well, luckily uh, there was a there was a quick and easy fix for that. You know, it totally was not very, a weird yeah. plot device or anything. It was very much Control C, Control V for Jean Luc. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> for, for season one. There we go. Oh, fixed. Yeah, so it. There we go. Yeah, the the snippet tool of Star Trek. Um, so Crusher basically says, you know, look, Jack is is taking this, you know, quite seriously. Go be with Jack. Reassure him that uh, his life is not over. So we we go to uh, everyone's favourite set, 10 forward, like yeah. me and Graham have just said, they are getting the mileage out of this set. And by yeah. God, we will see a lot more of it this season um, before before the finale, I think. Yeah, um, they're really gonna milk it. Like it's just it's a it's a, it's like Frasier where they had like two sets and they were like, this is all we're gonna use for the whole thing. Yeah, we have yeah. one corridor, we have the bridge, and we have ten forward. There we go. Yeah, and I, and uh, I was also just uh, before the sound came back on, I was telling Graham that the ten forward bar was actually a real bar that they used as a promo for season two of Picard last year. Mm. So what you see on screen was also very real, and it was in and I can't remember where it was, somewhere in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, you so in California, didn't you? California. Oh no, San, San Francisco. No, no, Los Angeles. Sorry, my mistake. Oh, Los Angeles. One of these American places. One of these Californian towns. Fucking Tennessee with their drag ban. As long as it's not there, it'll be fine. You know. Yes, damn them and their cheap whiskey. Fuck you, Tennessee. Um, so Picard enters uh, the holodeck ten forward, where Jack is just necking his Jameson whiskey again. We're loving mm. the Jameson here. Um, and they funded ten forward. <laughs> yeah, like they funded the, ten the official yeah. sponsors of ten forward. This is where basically Jack goes, he's, he's reassured by the fact that he's not crazy, he's just broken. Hmm. And uh, Picard basically says, you know, you can live with this for decades, you know. And Jack goes, well, how did you survive? And he goes, I didn't. So it's quite literally, how did you survive, Dad? I died. Okay. <laughs> um, so no control C of E for me? No, no control C of E for you. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Neck well. of whiskey. You've only got yeah. another fifty years or something. Yeah, and there's a lovely bit. Of, there's a lovely bit towards the end before we get the con from seven, where Jack just goes, "Hey, guess I was doomed before I was even born." Mm. And I'm just like, "Oh, that's that's very early two thousands emo." <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. Of Jack, you know, he's going to listen to my chemical romance now in his quarters when he's uh, <laughs> when he's unhappy. But uh, we get the little con that uh, some people are ready to beam over. Uh, to yeah. the Titan and little nod, little tiny little technical nod. We get the original transporter sound from the original series, mm. and I love that. I I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I love the tiny little detail thing through um, yeah. the season, the little sound effects. But who should be Morvagram? Who could it possibly be? Also, how did they get here this fast? You know, I know we don't know how much time has passed, but you're just like, going, hang on. Yeah, yeah, the Lasarina. <laughs> but no, it was it was great. It was great to see Raffi and Wolf again, and like, and it was really good seeing the rapport between them and the other crew members. You know, like it was the idea of like that they are people that are friends, kind of thing, and they they weren't standoffish. I was a bit concerned that no one seemed to care that Raffi was there, though. Like Picard doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> like. Well, Seven does. Like, Mr. Yeah, Seven does. But like uh, Picard's just like, hello, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> you know, nice of you to come alone. You know, And Raffi's yeah. just like, what am I? 
it's 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 very yeah this this scene was a bit weird for me because it's like everyone was obviously i mean they know Worf the longest and i haven't seen mm-hmm. Worf for a long time crusher doesn't know who raffi is let's be fair yeah um so i mean i love the bit where he's just like he's not a hugger and crusher's just like yeah, i don't like, get no. i'm the only um, person in this room that can get away with it but uh raffi in seven um uh, just yeah well i'll get into it later on when it comes to that um mm. but very awkward yeah uh very awkward scene um and it's just everyone just hugging it out and Riker just teasing Worf almost immediately yeah um I, I love this I miss this from the next generation films where he was just taking a piss out of Worf constantly but that's it I I, th- I thought it was really good and obviously that in the episode later it kind of plays on it like the idea of Riker being like this is what our relationship is like our relationship is that I tease you and you get really angry kind of thing because you're cling on <laughs> you know it's like and, and that has been how it is like it's always him you know uh, taking yeah. the mic effectively, so it was. But I, it was nice to get back to that. I think. But I love Worf's. You know, it's been eleven years, uh, seven yeah. months, three days. Blah 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 blah. Uh, aside from the odd, you know, the odd communication and sour mead, and I'm like, ooh, Chateau Picard burn. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He's like, it's quite tart. <laughs> but but that, that that's the thing. It's this idea of like, going, is he taking? Is he saying like your wine tasted like sort of? Bitter me, you know. Yeah. Oh, and Picard just like, oh well, fuck my bag, you know. Oh, I love that. But then it goes straight to uh uh because Wolf's basically saying, you know, there's a lot to discuss. Let's make sure Roll Lounge's death is not in vain. So Mm. they go straight to the observation lounge. Um, and I love this for for people who haven't watched DS9 or you know, anything like that. There's a lovely bit of exposition about the Dominion War and how basically there were shitty tricks done on both sides. But Starfleet was maybe a little bit more shit. Well, the problem is though that it's like it points out, like you know, th- this is the problem when you have when you have fantasy, you tend to forget the reality of things. That's I know that sounds dumb, but it's the fact of like the only way. Spoilers for DS Nine, by the way. The oh, only yeah. way that the Dominion War gets won is by Starfleet doing the shittiest thing in the entire world, which is that creating a virus that will kill all changelings. So effectively, like, genetic genocide is what they do. And they do it without telling anyone. So it's a secret thing, so none of the characters are, like, in league with it. But the fact is, it does win them the war. Like, there is no way that the the, the Dominion would have surrendered had they not have required the vaccine for that and it's this horrible thing and it's kind of suggesting like you know the same way that like we wouldn't have won world war ii if the nuke hadn't existed you know it's like if we hadn't have nuked an entire city full of innocence we wouldn't have won the war and it's kind of pointing out just how fucking horrible you have to be during wartime and you know and yeah (laughs) it's that thing of like that there isn't a good guy like you know in in the dominion war starfleet has to get just as dirty effectively as the dominion in order to fight the dominion so it's it's the way though because what i noticed and i I got my back up when when picard said this because he was like starfleet delivered the vaccine to the dominion to the founder homeworld and i'm like no he didn't yeah odo did (laughs) odo did Odo. odo went back and delivered the vaccine you did jack shit yeah, that's it. Like, oh, Starfleet probably wouldn't have delivered the vaccine. They probably were like, oh, thanks for signing the peace treaty. Nah, yeah. I'll just die. <laughs> you know, 
Um, so a lovely bit of exposition for the Dominion War, if no one had you know no one mm. watched DS9. Um, and then they basically say that basically whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen on Frontier Day in 48 hours' time. Mm. Um and what they need to do, they need to go back to Daystrom Station because when Vadic stole the portal weapons, something more serious was stolen. And mm. you know, what was it? We don't know. We need to go back to Daystrom to find it out. Yeah. And this this lovely little exchange where Picard goes, so we have to burgle the people that are afterwards. And Mike <laughs> goes, excellent use of the word burgle, Admiral. And I'm just like, <laughs> do you not say burgle in America? Well, what? <laughs> See, I, I didn't get the joke. I liked it, but I didn't actually get the joke, you know? I was just yeah, like, oh, because oh. I guess it's just a British, Scottish, Irish, Welsh thing that we say burgle. Do, do, if there's any Americans in the chat, do yeah. you not use the word burgle? Because I, I'm a bit perplexed by this. I've never heard. Yeah, do they? Do they not? It's so odd because it's so, you know, like, it, but then again, you've even got stuff like The Hobbit, which obviously like has uh, Bilbo, where he's hired to be a burglar. So it's like, surely every nerd in the world must have heard the word burglar or burgle at some point, you know? Yeah, I, I don't get it, but... The plan is that they have to go down to Daystrom Station. Uh, they have to go to the central data bank to retrieve the manifest of what was stolen from Daystrom. Um, they said that the station was evacuated since the theft and it's patrolled every hour. So yeah. they need volunteers. And very quickly, the Titan warps into date, like behind the moon at Daystrom. And we see that uh, Worf, Raffi, uh, are going to beam down and we get the second and again this is the awkward scene I'm on about with Seven and Raffi mm. where I want them to talk about this I want to find out what's going yeah. on like you've been saying for weeks like what has been going on with with Raffi and Seven yeah and again we don't get it because Worf comes in and he's like I've got into battle with loved ones and it can be totes orcs <laughs> I must say though I did love this where he's just like you know he's like do not worry. Well, I have been in, you know, I have been to battle with sort of like, you know, uh, lovers before. And then they're like, oh, I'm not going with you. And he's like, thank God, that would have been awkward. You know, yeah. that is a relief. <laughs> it instantly changes his tune. He was like, I was trying to be helpful. I was trying to be. His humour is just on point this season. It's so good. It's it exactly really like is. War. Yeah. Um, so obviously Seven confirms that she's not going down. Riker comes in because he's going down with him. And Riker basically says, oh, if anything goes wrong, we'll just use some good old Klingon violence. And he's like, you should know I'm a pacifist. And the little quip from Riker is just like, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. But in the same sense, he has just cut a guy's head off. And he did just murder a lot of people. He's the worst pacifist I think I've ever seen. It's literally like someone telling you they're vegan while eating a Big Mac. It's, you know, this idea of... <laughs> You know, just just the idea of he's like, all right, well, I vote you I'm a pacifist now. And I'm like, you just killed like five guys last episode. Shout out to you Sneed. Know, and you cut a guy's head off the week before. It's kind of, you're a terrible pacifist, you know. Shout out to Sneed. And you also, Graham. a pacifist as Beverly as a doctor. Hot take right there. The cake or conspiracy coming soon to know you know. No, um, Also, shout out. Because we know he's out there, ladies and gentlemen, and I've I've referenced him for weeks. Gary the Ferengi is floating <laughs> in the galaxy somewhere. The somewhere, Gary. Rest in peace, Sneed. <laughs> but Gary the Ferengi. What if Gary comes to avenge Sneed? Oh, yeah. That's it, that, Do we that, see that, Gary that. at Frontier Day? 
Oh, he's behind Ooh. it all. He's the boss <laughs> of the Stranger Things guy. It's Keiko. We know that. We know it's Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they, they beam down to Daystrom and they've got, you know, this, this weird... No lights on. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Daystrom. Insert your key or you will yeah, die, the, basically. Welcome to Daystrom, a.k.a. the set of Doom 3. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, he's just kind of like, okay, this is... Interesting, you know, like I, I'm going to make the joke again that you know, in the in the Star Trek universe, the cost of living crisis is still a thing. Like, you know, it's, he lives. It's yeah. so dark. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford LEDs anymore. Um, <laughs> did you notice, or when they were saying, "Please enter the key," and they finally enter it, and he says, "Thank you," that it's Dursa's voice. No, no, I did not, because the voice changes from a woman, and all he yeah. says is like, no, 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 "Thank you," and it's it's Dursa. I did not notice that. Um, I noticed it changed, but I didn't recognize it as data's. Yeah. So or, or data's if you're uh, sorry, if Pulaski. You're Pulaski. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yes. Yeah, so they're down at Daystrom. Two Starfleet ships warp in. Nerdy shout out. USS Call. USS Yorktown. Yorktown we've seen before, haven't we? Yorktown's been so many goddamn ships. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I, I have a Yorktown. Uh, as an original series constitution class down there. So, really? I didn't realise yes. it changed that much. I thought it was like really special when uh, a ship carries on the same name. Obviously, like uh, Enterprise, that's a flagship. And then the Defiant gets renamed. You know, another ship gets renamed to be the Defiant. They they have a very weird thing where a ship has to have certain significance in order to carry over the registration number. But mm. you can have different names for different... You can have the same name, but a different registration number, which, again... Okay, yeah, whatever floats your boat, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that is confusing. So, so basically, they can't stay there. Uh, these two ships, these two echelon class ships, they've got weapons that can track them if they're fired. Mm. So, Picard comes up with the idea: we need to go to Ethan Prime. Uh, and Cindy's like, "Dude, are you sure, Ethan Prime?" Uh, and start. Um, Shaw is just basically just get the hell out, you know, get the hell out of here. Let's yeah. go to Ethan Prime. Um, but we stay on Daystrom, and this is where. <laughs> This is where the Easter eggs start to come into fruition. All of the delicious Easter eggs. Oh, all of the no, delicious no, Easter eggs. Delicious right. Easter chocolate. Mm. I, I, oh, have, I have I have, all the notes. By the way, shout out to my team, the Niners. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you, I couldn't see the M there, so it just looked like it said Winers. There we go. The Niners. <laughs> the DS Niners. There, there we go. go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. The DS9 is <laughs> um, possibly one team. of the worst episodes of DS9, if I'm perfectly honest. Oh, but, but Wolf, though, death to the opposition. We... Yeah, Wolf, Wolf is brilliant. And I do. I'm going like to a baseball the, game in America. The the, the ass slapped face, uh, you know, like a, <laughs> like Vulcan guy who's just like, whoa, you are such a prick. <laughs> well done. I'm, I'm going to a, a San Francisco Giants game when I'm over there. And part of me wants to say, stand up and go, death to the opposition. And then <laughs> another part of me is going, do you want to be on a watch list when you leave America? <laughs> I think they put you on if you're not on one. If you yeah. don't know that, they're like, hang I, on. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be on a register. I really don't. Um, but they're walking through Daystrom. Because they're trying to find the uh, no, I'm not on a list, Paul. Stop saying that in the chat. I can see you. I see everything. <laughs> Goodwill is already on a list. It's your list. Christmas list. It's your yay. It's your OnlyFans um, to subscribe to list, Paul. As you can see, <laughs> this is where I suddenly get muted. 
My presence <laughs> of choice is Starships, please, because this is bankrupting me. Um, <laughs> please, so, for, just, for just £10 a month, you can allow Goodwill to continue his Starship yeah. addiction. For, for just £20 a month, I can get all the Klingon ships. So, um... <laughs> for just £20 a month, Sinois uh, <laughs> can buy more Warhammer after four months. And paid. Because it's so... really expensive. <laughs> So we get yes, so they walk they are walking through Daystrom Station and they are trying to find the mainframe and they are exploring all these little panels. Now I have for your listening pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, and science officer Sinois. Hello. Are you ready for the list of what Daystrom yes, Station? Because I, I was looking around and I did not notice much stuff. I have like three things on my list, and by the sounds of it, you have a lot more. They have. I love how you're is... swigging monster to get ready for this. He's just like, oh, let's get the energy drink in. I have ah. to stay awake. <laughs> um, they have <clears throat> Genesis 2. Because the, the effects, because the effects of the first one apparently weren't good enough, so they built a goddamn second one. <laughs> um, so they have Genesis 2. Yeah. We have a Borg Vinculum. Which is from Star Trek Voyager. What's a vinculum? A vinculum is essentially the power node for the hive mind, I believe. Someone Whoa. can correct me in the chat if if I'm wrong. I apologize, but I believe it's like the the power unit, the power node that connects yeah. all the hive minds. Um, an attack tribble. Yeah, I mean, which I didn't realize was a thing. Attack tribbles, come on, how cute. They are. They will rip your limbs off, but goddamn, they will squeak. I thought the whole point of dribbles is that they're just useless. <laughs> like they don't do anything. They... So I'm kind of disappointed at the idea of an attack dribble because I'm like, oh, oh, they're actually a problem now. The, attack... just... the tribbles didn't breed as much until Starfleet got involved in the 2250s and genetically yeah. modified them so they could be breeding stock to solve hunger on various colonies. Is that so what they did? Of, there is a short trek mm. starring none other than H. John Benjamin of Archer fame. Bloody hell. And Bob's Burgers, obviously, yeah. uh, where he's a science officer that genetically, uh, genetically modifies uh, some tribbles to breed faster it gets out of control and they have to evacuate the starship because it becomes so overcrowded, the starship structure collapses in on itself <laughs> due to the sheer amount of tribbles. <laughs> These tribbles are then picked up by the Klingons. And yeah. thus the Great Tribble Hunt began. Yeah. Songs about the Great Tribble Hunt. Um, oh, Rodo. When, when <laughs> Kalis got his first tribble. Yeah. So we have an attack tribble. Interestingly, we see the body of Captain James T. Kirk yeah. from Viridian uh, 3 is there. I saw that one. That was an interesting one. And Captain, no, President Jonathan Archer. Ah. So when high-ranking officials or notable people die, do they just get taken to this place and put in cold storage? Is it's it really sinister, effect? if I'm perfectly honest. Like it's a It really is, of, isn't it? What? Like, yeah, that's why not normal got... under any circumstance to be like, you are now an object. Thanks. <laughs> it's, it's really, yeah. So 
that's 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 my first bit of Easter eggs for you in yeah. this episode, ladies and gentlemen. There is a lot more later on. Um, <laughs> but they are going through um and they keep hearing musical. There's a musical note played that yeah. Riker picks up as I believe it's like an F sharp. Yeah. And then a holographic crow appears. And Riker goes, That crow is familiar. Right? It was really odd though, because the crow appeared and I immediately thought about that episode, you know, with obviously the uh, the guy with the anvil and the, you know, when Season Data six, episode dream. 16 of Next Generation, Birthright mm. Part One. Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh. It's the one where Data learns to dream, isn't it? It is. By the way, Jake from Nerdy Up North has been saying, you know, when you do these references, can you please emphasize what they mean? Oh, I'm doing that for you, Jake. Oh, do not do enjoy that, Jake. Does that, oh, does that Trek, tickle your pickle, Jake? Does Star Trek it? The Next Generation, Season 6, Episode 16, Part 1, Birthright, The Crow. That's where that's familiar. They hear musical <laughs> notes, not, but Grim, who appears? Who could it be? <laughs> the Professor Moriarty. Oh, yeah. my God. Goosebumps, literal goosebumps when I it, heard him. I was I was very, very pleased at this. And I like the fact that Riker is just like, oh fuck, we did not expect this. You know, it was just, you know, I love the idea of just Riker just being like, oh, we didn't this wasn't on my bingo card at all. Like, you know. I would like to say I was right from last week with my theory. Okay. That the guard of the AI Adestrum was Moriarty, and the person who could trip him was Data. But this is the thing, though. Were you? Like, we'll discuss it later <laughs> as we go on. Oh, it's getting saucy. Yeah, but it's the idea. <laughs> but it's the idea of it was absolutely wonderful having Moriarty again. Like, I don't know why oh, he had a gun. You know, he had a bit of a weird gun. But I do love he's the defending Daystrom. But I like the idea of Raffi just being there, being like. What is this? You know, like like being the everyman, basically being like, why what? is there a holographic Sherlock Holmes villain? And and Riker's like, like effectively just like, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's a thing. thing. Yeah. Um, but the next scene, another geek out time because the Titan warps to Earth and Prime. Yeah. And we get to see the fleet museum. <laughs> yeah. And we get that lovely, lovely pan shot of the original Earth space stock, which has been moved here and is now the Fleet Museum. And we see rings around it with all these little starships. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> well, okay. Is it which which is the scene where um Jack and uh, Seven are talking about them? Is it like immediately? This is after a few this, scenes after, it... yeah. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if we after. should talk about the ships then or if we should talk about them. I now. will mention the classes and then we will go through the ships. Okay, so okay. We'll go through the ships then. So we see a constellation class, USS Stargazer. Mm -hmm. We see an original series constitution class, a movie refit constitution class. Yeah. We see the NX01 refit which is now officially canon yeah, because it was never canon. It was, this is what they were going to do with season five of Enterprise. So we're going to refit it. So it had like a secondary hull, like the original series Enterprise. Yeah, That's in this scene. We see a D7 Klingon battlecruiser. We see a Defiant class. We see an Intrepid class. We see an Excelsior class. 
We see a Pioneer class, we see an Akira class, a Sabre class, a Romulan Bird of Prey, Miranda class, and Nebula class, with some other ships that I could not for the life of me identify. Oh, my <laughs> God. You can imagine I needed Kleenex after this scene because I just <laughs> lost my nerd shit. You, you, need a, you needed a full, uh, you know, pack of, what is it, Charmin Ultra, didn't you? You needed a full, yes. a full roll of it. Reply. Um, <laughs> but... The, they hail the hail the museum, and we see Jody, and oh boy, Jody is pissed. <laughs> see, I love the idea that we've been waiting so long to see Jody, and we're like, oh, they're going to get on so well, and Jody's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. he's, he's like, just like, no, you, yeah. he he he's fully expecting Admiral Syndrome. He's yeah. he's fully going, wait, Picard, you're an Admiral now. Now we can't talk at all because you'll ruin my life. <laughs> Yeah, because Picard's like, Jordy! And Jordy's like, lower your shields and power down. Yeah. If I mean, honestly, all he needed was a twitch. That's yeah. all he needed <laughs> because he was pissed. And then they beam him over and we get that really touching scene, though, with, with LaForge, where he's yeah. like, you know, in the nanosecond it took me to D and then rematerialize, I was in debate of whether to give you a professional handshake or an uncomfortable hug. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, he is really angry. <laughs> but I love the I love the hug. Yeah. I, I did. I did love the hug. Um, also, Alandra, who is LeVar Burton's... Um, actual daughter. Actual daughter, which I think is absolutely uh, brilliant. Um, and you know, basically, Picard goes, Jordy, this is what's on. And Jordy's just like, I don't care, I want to talk to you, I want a word with you, right? Okay, now, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking have you. I, oh. I like it, I think it's interesting though. It's like how different, like, this series is very much about fatherhood as well, like, it's about yes. sort of respect and trust, but also fatherhood. And it's this idea of how fatherhood is how, how parenthood has changed so many people. And with Geordie, it's the idea of going, it has changed him because he's become hyper like protective of his daughters to the point obviously in this episode where he's very much like let's not do any dangerous things because i want to keep my family safe and picard's like adventure <laughs> you know yeah uh everyone's gone full vin diesel shall we say mm. uh everyone's just about family um but yeah they go straight to the observation lounge um and picard just basically says hey we're on the we're not just on the run from Starfleet. Starfleet's compromised with changelings. We need you to clone transponder. Mm. Um and Jordy goes, Nope, can't do it, even if I wanted to. And the Landra basically says that all the ships in the fleet are now networked. Now, this is a goddamn callback to Battlestar Galactica. Is it? Because the reimagined re uh Battlestar Galactica, what trips the fall of uh the colonial fleet and the destruction of the colonies mm. is because all of the modern ships are networked. So it was incredibly easy for every single ship to be infected like that yeah. and power down. I wonder if they're going to do the same for these. I think it makes sense. Like it's one of these weird things. Obviously, if, if Starfleet's been uh, infiltrated by changelings, they're the people that probably suggested such a dangerous yeah. maneuver as this, you know? Because also, Jordy says he's just said his third memo objecting to the fact that the, and, and this is so dumb, the entire fleet in mm. one place. Yeah. Like anyone with a brain would go, you're leaving like 8,000 square light years 
unprotected, they, unguarded. Unprotected. You know? To have one massive fireworks display on Earth. What yeah. the hell? And I'm so glad Geordie's basically the same as the fans going, that is a stupid idea to do that. And if anyone but I needed think the whole point it, is yeah. that it's the people pulling the strings are the people who are the bad guys. So it's like the idea if yeah. you know Starfleet's compromised, then it's like, yeah, they're like, that's exactly what we want. We totally want it all in one place, you know. So it's it's very telling because so Alandra basically says that you know every ship is networked and the reason they've been finding you is because the Titan is also in that network so you don't need to drop the you can drop as many decoys as you want they will still find you mm. because it's within the network the ship is talking to the fleet to yeah. say where it is so they they eventually they will uh, find you so we go back to Daystrom where we see two we see two Starfleet ships. Um, beaming down people to look for uh, the away team, shall we say? Can mm. we get more Moriarty? We do. We get more Moriarty. I, I think it's great, like, warriors. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the idea of like you know the way he talks and stuff. It was. I, I think it was quite mm. good. It, it was quite good, and I liked how he was like you know. He's yeah. not Mister Beat in thirty-five years. That actor. Yeah, no, it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant kind of thing, and it's it's a shame, obviously, that the actor is very old now, like same yeah. as like Patrick Stewart. But it was just, it was wonderful getting to see him for a bit. But they explained it away because this, because Riker said this is not the same self-aware Moriarty that we had at the Enterprise. This is sort of like a like a guard AI, mm. um, and all all the time they're running from him, shooting them. There's still the musical notes playing, and Riker, yeah. being a trombone player. Uh, knows every single key and he's like what are you trying to tell us what are you trying to tell us and Moriarty is getting more and more irritated by these yeah. musical notes because he's like it's an incessant pattern and <laughs> the, it builds up and it builds up and then we realise what's happening and what they're trying to say because the musical notes a pop goes the weasel and Which then yeah, and then it do, then it does like an actual flashback to remind us oh. what significance that is Oh, that was, and it's of a some kind of beardless ape man. I'm not baby quite Riker. Sure what baby Riker? It's because Proto someone Riker. gave him a moonstone and he evolved. Before he got a a fertility statue from Riker <laughs> and became a man, he and, and drank uh, deep from the chalice of Ricks. Yes, he he. This was the this was a callback to uh, the very first Next Generation episode, Encounter at Farpoint, Part One, mm. where Riker. Uh, meets uh, Data in the holodeck mm. and Data is trying to whistle. Uh, what he is trying to whistle is Pop Goes the Weasel. Mm. Um, and at the end credits of Star Trek Picard, the musical notes you can see on the little L cars display, that is Pop yeah. Goes the Weasel. So, and that has that been there the whole series? It's been there the well? whole time. And we never the picked credits, up on it. The end credits have teased so much this season so far. <laughs> It's insane. I would never get it. I, I saw the musical notes, but I never thought to actually like translate them. Yeah. So um Riker sings the end of it because obviously in the first episode of Next Generation, Data can't whistle. So Riker finishes the song. So Riker mm. finishes the song in this, and Moriarty is deactivated. Yeah. Because Moriarty, and I love this because Moriarty goes, marvelous. And then we see the scene when Riker in TNG does it and data turns to him and goes marvelous yeah and there there 
in storage is Brent Spiner. Hmm. The actor, he's not even data. They've literally just kept Brent Spiner in a, they in have a, literally just a kept, chamber for like 10 years. For like, yeah, they have literally just kept Brent Spiner, but then it quickly goes back to the Titan. It goes back to the Titan, and you know they're still trying to convince Jordy. And Alandra said something quite weird because she goes, "But Dad, what about Hangar Bay 12? And I'm like, yeah. what's, "What's Hangar Bay 12? And I think Blue Harvest has had the same thing as same theory as I did. If they can't use the Titan because it's networked, how about they use a ship that's not networked, the Enterprise A? And I generally thought that's where they were going for this. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I thought this later on. Um, but basically, Alandra walks out. Um, and starts to talk to Sydney and basically said, look, George, you know, my father's not listening. Uh, he's not going to help us or anything like that. And then we see the lovely scene between Jack and Seven where Jack sits, just his ass barely touches the stage. He's like, out. Yeah. And I love that. He's like, I'm just <laughs> trying it out, just trying it out. But this is, this for me is my favourite scene. As, as a ship nerd, yeah. This was my favourite scene, and it was one of the most touching scenes as well because we get to see Seven going through all the ships, talking to Jack, and we see the first ship, which is... Yeah. The well, she she cycles through them, and like they're playing a game of basically, can you name the ship as they're going through them all, and Jack does know all the name of them, names of yeah. them. But, but the, first see, one, the first one's the Defiant, yeah? With the DS9 theme playing over. Did it? I didn't. I didn't yes. notice that one. Yeah, they played the DS9 theme for the Defiant. They yeah. then moved over to. Uh, wow, I mean, they moved over to, and I was shocked when I saw this. The New Jersey, the original series Constitution class. Yeah. There's there's been a lot of hoo ha with uh, Strange New Worlds and that version of the Enterprise, because a lot of people thought that they'd retconned the original design from the original series. Yeah. This is sort of solidified that the fact that no, we haven't. It's still there, and to see, yeah. to see that in four K, that <laughs> shape again, it's beautiful. And then we go over to the uh, the Enterprise A, which is my favourite ship, which I have mm. got lots of models of over there. Mm. I've got both the A and the refit over there, um, and Jack's like, oh. Retro lines, it's Kirk's ship. I'm a constitution yeah. man. And I'm like, yes, Jack, yes, <laughs> get in. Beautifully, uh, the way they've, they've uh, built these ships in this series, they're, they're absolutely beautiful. They've kept them so true. But again, so when we see the New Jersey, the original series theme plays, when we see the Enterprise A, the movie theme plays, and then when mm. we see Voyager, <laughs> Voyager's theme plays, and we get one of the best little thing should have been the Jerry doctor Ryan. singing admittedly oh it yeah it should have been the doctor doctor singing for that but you know a bit of opera. i'll take the main theme a, a, a bit of opera um but you know seven goals basically this is uh where is it where have i gone, where have no, I gone? it's where jack gone? doesn't know that one he's just like oh what ship's that and she's like that's voyager <laughs> the yeah, uss goes, voyager yeah she made a name farther out than any of these other relics have ever gone. I was reborn there. It was my home. The crew were my family. And I thought, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really good to kind of have like, because this was a weird kind of thing. Because in seasons one and two, we had seven there, but then she didn't really feel like she was related to Voyager. 
She like did fail, very, yeah. Yeah, it was very odd. Like it didn't, you'd kind of think that she kind of would have more connection to it. So in this one, having her kind of admitting, yeah, like that, that's a big deal for me, kind of thing. I thought it was really beautiful. I this, I mean, a lot of people have said this is too much fan service. I don't give a crap what you think. This was beautiful. This <laughs> fitted. This was needed. This was medically needed for a lot of people hmm. because just seeing these, just seeing these ships. Right. Hmm. Basically, let people know that the people behind it know Star Trek, care about Star Trek, yeah. and more importantly, care about the past of Star Trek. Yeah, and they're bringing it into this universe. Like the scary, you know. After I was complaining last week about like, you know, where where we're going, like, oh well, that didn't really happen, or oh, we're never going to talk about that, we're never going to mention that and stuff. So it's really nice just being reminded. Yes, this happened. That's what Kirk's ship looked like. That's, yeah. you know, the Defiant is a thing that exists, you know, like, you know, like the movie version. And like you're saying with Enterprise, where it's going, no, that did get like sort of upgraded later on. We just didn't get to see it. Yeah. And I think I think that's wonderful to basically just be like, no, they exist in this universe. It's not like Discovery where it's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll make our own universe with Blackjack and Hookers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's very I think it was beautiful. And then right, you know, the last ship we see is the HMS Bounty from the Voyage Home, the one with the whales. And even Jack... <laughs> Why even wasn't Jack... the whale there? There should have been yeah. a full whale in space. But even Jack says, oh, yeah, Paul from San Francisco. Because Seven goes, oh, this is yeah. Paul from San Francisco Bay. And he goes, oh, yeah, the whole whale thing. So even in universe, it's the one with the whales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's what everyone calls it. It's not Star Trek, the Voyage Home. It's Star Trek, <laughs> the one with the whales. <laughs> Because that's the most that, that's what it's about. It's about yep. whales. That's the plot. Um, but she goes, you know, oh, it was a nightmare trying to pull it from San Francisco Bay because the cloak reactivated, so they couldn't mm. find it in the bay. And even you can see Jack's face going, ting, and he's like, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. But even then, just seeing that bird of prey, mm. you know, a bird of prey right there. You can see the that's General Chang's bird of praise. That's not the bounty. But um it's bad ship. It's shh. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then we go straight back to uh Day Hold on, Blue Harvest is asking where George and Gracie are. George and Gracie, uh in Beta Cannon, mm-hmm. they have repopulated the Earth's oceans with whales. Um, according to Star Trek Star Charts in 2003. There was, I think it was seven to eight billion uh, humanoids and about 70, 70 million, no, seven million whales. They called them cetacean creatures. But that's a lot of million. fucking. That's a lot of whale fucking. That's a lot of sperm whales. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of sperm. But hey, let's no not money forget. G, how you doing? Oh, hey, oh, no money G. Thanks for joining. At work. Good, good show. Good show. Hopefully we're. Hopefully we're making it good. <laughs> it's fan service. Maybe we're making it actually, worse. <laughs> it's fan service that actually plays uh, a part in the story. That's the difference. I'm listening at work. Good on you, no money, Gene. Yes, yeah. I absolutely agree. But yeah, so let's not it, forget it's stuff where they fit it into the plot rather than just being like, here's a random reference. Here's a random reference. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just cetaceans. Uh, let's not forget Lord X. We've got cetacean observations. <laughs> um, cetacean operations, sorry, with dolphins in Starfleet. 
because they are just that goddamn intelligent. They just needed a universal translator. Mm. And the Enterprise D... So long and thanks for all the fish, etc. The The Enterprise D right yeah. there has cetacean operations in the blueprints. That is full of fucking water, guys. That has got <laughs> dolphins working as Starfleet members. I... Can we move on? Do you want on? to know why? <laughs> Can we move on? Do you want to know why, Graham? We've, gone, we've give you... gone down a voyage home wormhole here, and I'm not keen. <laughs> no, not whales, dolphins. Do you want to know why, though? Because dolphins are excellent navigators. So to say cetacean operations, mm. they are primarily used as navigators, stellar navigators. So... Hey, Joe's here. Hey, Joe. Oh, hey, oh, Joe. Captain Joe Dolph. Yeah. <laughs> Coming over here with all of his, his good trek knowledge and that. Love and the background. Trilby Phil. Trilby Love... Phil. Blue oh, Harvest, Trilby no Phil. Hello. Yeah, welcome to the Steam, everyone. We I love are, the we're talking about Picard and we're just basically going, hello, look at the Joe's, Joe's highlighting the background, the wall of bankruptcy. Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying the wall of bankruptcy. Um, so, yeah, so citations, observations aside, um, we are back at Daystrom where we get a, a little bit more exposition. The data, this, this, Android, this Zoom type Android, as they're called, is a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a, a, a nice little callback to Nemesis uh, where Riker says, well, during the Enterprise E, uh, when they found B4 and reconstructed him, data transferred all of his knowledge up until that point into B4, but uh, it was unrecoverable. And then we had the, the ban on synths uh, yeah. when Mars got absolutely uh, destroyed. Um, and that was never mentioned again. Thank you, season one and two. Yeah, yeah. I want to see Mars <laughs> on fire because apparently Mars is still on fire. Don't know how that works, but I want to see Mars on fire. Um, <laughs> and But they basically say when the ban on Sims, they couldn't do anything, but now that's being lifted. You know, the world is their oyster and they're trying to do it. But this, you know, we see uh, B4's head and we see this Sung-type android and they're trying to transfer the data. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a lovely message from uh is it i can't remember his name i think it's atlan's son isn't it atlan's son yeah Yeah. where he's basically saying you know matalan it might be matalan's matalan's soon yeah i hope he's got his cheaper version because it's out of date shout shout out to all my matalan veterans i am with you (laughs) seven years never give up Um, a lot of the americans will not have a clue what matalan is that's like we will educate them kind of like the equivalent of walmart isn't it (laughs) <laughs> like Walmart just for clothing, but like uh, you know, it's, so it's, it's, kind of, it's actually kind of classy, but because everything is like three seasons out of date, so it's it's so out of date that it's become cheap, but it's still good stuff. And it's I bit, worked yeah. there, I worked Did there, you? so I can I can testify that it was out of fashion. And my mother, who is watching this stream right now, still <laughs> works there, so I can't disparage. The company is your mum watching this stream? She is watching this stream. Hello, hello, Mrs. Goodwill. How are you doing? Hello, oh, behave. She loves you. Well, she welcome, absolutely... welcome to the stream, Mrs. Goodwill. I and so is my father. So behave yourself. Words. <laughs> behave yourself. My father is watching. I wouldn't know what to do with a woman. Ah, if your dad's watching. Hey. So anyway, this message. Hey, from, baby. Uh... <laughs> okay, moving on. So this, so this 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 message from Matalan Soon, as we'll call Matt him, uh, basically said that he donated his last golem to Jean Luc uh, so he could live, and he always mm. wanted to outlive, you know, himself. Um, but he's basically he's created this hybrid Soon 
uh, that's synthetic, that ages, that has B4 law and a whole lot of data in it. Mm. And low, um, and low, low. Low, yeah. yeah. Great shout out for Data's daughter that was never yeah. bloody mentioned in season one. Yeah, it's it's this crazy thing, like, and it's it's such a shame because that is such a beautiful episode. Like, I genuinely love that episode where we meet Lal, and then yeah, obviously tragic end, but you know, yeah. But I I just thought it was really good because this was like sort of good fan service, I think, to mention all of yeah. them, and then like even if we're not going to see more of Law later on, maybe it's the fact of like we do get a little aside here and you just go oh there he is <laughs> you know there's law that's the thing like it's it's the the speech that sung's giving over this about evolution and they, they intersperse it with shots of the fleet museum where you see mm. uh the enterprise a which is the second constitution like a constitution refit and then the titan which is a constitution three that was mm. good but then it's interspersed interspersed sorry with geordie talking about talking to picard basically saying you've put my family at risk, you know, referring yeah. to Sydney, and I don't want to put my family in risk anymore. Like, if I help you, they will come after me sort mm. of thing. And, you know, this is a, a more resigned Geordie. This is a family man Geordie that yeah. is scared of losing. Because let's be honest, Geordie, for, for the longest part, wanted a relationship. He wanted a family and he never got yeah. it. So now he's got it. He because he was a hol holographic him. creep. If we're perfectly honest, yes, I mean, it's a, yeah. It, it's this thing where it's like I fully, I love how they kind of predicted things before the internet. Hey, like, slicey you, boy! By the way, in the the way. hey, slicey boy, <laughs> slicey boy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Welcome go on. Have a chat, slicey boy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that sorry, I've, that's the theme now. Um, but no, like, it's weird that, like, Next Gen kind of predicted the internet before it really happened with him effectively having this sort of, like, fantasy world or whatever, you know. Uh, and then, obviously, she gets to see it, which is a kind of heartbreaking episode where she's just like, yeah. what the actual fuck? Very creepy. Yeah. But it was, yeah. it was a shame, actually. Yeah, so it's wonderful that, you know, Geordie finally, like found someone and has had this family and now he's incredibly protective of it and it's this crazy thing of like this entire series is all about parenthood it's all about family and stuff it's like because wolf doesn't have one I'm, I'm waiting for him to reference jad's ear but it's this idea of hopefully that i'm um, sure it's coming well i think he'll probably mention it at some point but i think it's maybe it's this idea of you know he's probably gotten over it a little bit but i think he's still looking for a place so hopefully you'll probably become like sort of like a father figure to Rafi or something. So the end of at the end of the soon message and jo uh, Picard walks out because Jordy won't help him and he, he says to Seven, "We need to find Shaw. We need to strategize." Um, and Sydney goes in to speak with Jordy, her father. This was a great scene, mm. and I really, really hope we do get a Titan spin-off because. The characters that they have introduced, these new characters, Sydney Forge, Sydney LaForge, it's brilliant. Yeah. And she's like, you know, you can tell there's a rift between father and daughter because obviously Sydney is a pilot. Geordie mm. wanted to become an engineer. And he's saying, I want you to stay with, with me, Melandra, yeah. and your mother. And she's like, no. And she's like, you taught me that my crew is my family. I am not going to leave them. Um yeah. 
And she really starts tearing up about it. And she's like, I am not, you know, I don't want to go. I, I don't want to stay. And then it just, it just comes out where he says, you are staying. No matter yeah. what, you are staying. So she walks out. Um, and you get this lovely little flirt between her and Jack where you think, oh, something something may be mm. going on here because her, Jack, and Alondra basically saying, right, that's not going to do anything. Mm. So what do we do? And he's like, are, you know, are, are you into a bit of uh, larceny at all? <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we then go back to Daystrom, uh, where Rafi quite rightly says, and this is you predicted this last week, Graham, <laughs> so Starfleet installed an insane AI to protect its most valuable assets, and they're like, mm-hmm, "Yeah." <laughs> it is just like going, "Okay, that's you know a choice." <laughs> yeah, it's some admiral has to be an admiral. It has to be a fucking evil admiral, like evil admiral. So, but then they say, "Yeah." So you know, they, they installed an insane AI to guard the stuff, and then they realise that there is no manifest because data is the manifest so mm. they need to pull data Talk about a waste of technology to be fair oh, that's like literally buying a top of the line pc and being like oh this is where i store my excel files it's you know it just seems a bit like i'm pretty sure when you have like the the only functional positronic sort of android in the universe or well, synthetic android like cyborg i guess yeah in this case you know and they're like, let's store files on it. That is rich kid problems, that is. That is, I, I remember at uni, there was, I always got hand-me-downs from another student because they were like, it was really crazy because they were a bit sort of, this sounds horrible, but they were like slightly sort of backwards. Like, you know, they weren't like, you know, when they're not the brightest tool in the box, but they came from wealth. And therefore, they always had like insane high quality stuff where he was literally <laughs> learning to code and had the highest end MacBook I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like it was ludicrous. Like we're talking about at the time, it was about a seven grand like MacBook that he had to it's do insane. like HTML and stuff. And I'm like, you can do that in Notepad. You don't need a powerful. And it was this thing. And then after a while, he'd be like, oh, oh, it's it's um, there's a better one on the market. So basically. I'll just get rid of this one and my parents mm. will get me this one. And it was this whole thing. And he was terrible at code. I, he's not going to be watching this, but he was, I kept trying to help him. And I was like, I don't think a dyslexic person is built for codes, you know? Like, well, that's the thing. Like, like syntax is so important and whatnot. But, but it was like, I always just remember him just literally having this really ludicrous top of the line thing. And then I think he played Team Fortress on it and used like Dreamweaver. And you're like, that's it. But you've hit the nail on the head there that Starfleet did, doesn't really, like Starfleet core engineers or whoever, doesn't understand the complexities of a some type Android to the point where they could just literally use them as data storage. Yeah, that's it. He's like, it he's like so literally just saying, oh, well, SSDs are pretty expensive. Can we just put it on a Sony and Android? Well, they realise that they need to pull it's him probably out. Probably a because... media player as well. They probably connect the TV up to it and be like, you know. Well, he's got everything. He's, <laughs> he's got he's... the movies on data. Yeah. Um, and then they realize that they have to pull him out because the, the Starfleet officers are closing in on them, so they need to pull mm. him out. Um, we then go back to the Titan and we get a really, really hilarious scene where, again, this further increases my love of Captain Shaw. <laughs> 
geeking the fuck out about Jordi yeah. LaForge being on his ship and he's like it's 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 an honor it's it's you know it's, it's an absolute honor and just, and LaForge now I've I've had this right I have had this as as a restorer of banged out old Fords from 25 <clears throat> years ago I have had this where someone looks at you kind of go thank you it's a, it's it's a, it's an honor it's an honor and LaForge just goes Captain, your hull is paper thin. You're spewing fumes. You're leaking, and the hull is held together by 21st century duct tape. And you can just see the life leave Captain Shaw <laughs> as this person that he's idolised for years has just took a massive shit on his starship. And I have been there, Grim. Yeah, I have been there because I have had people come up to me at car shows, and I'm like, "See, see you later, Slicey Boy. Have a great night." Oh, see Sorry. you later, Slicey Boy. Yeah, I've, I've, thanks for joining. I've seen people come up to me, and I'm like, "Ha ha!" And they're just like, "It's shit," and I'm like, oh, <laughs> ha, ha. But the way the Todd Stashwick acts it, it's so beautiful. Uh, but the comeback that he goes, where you can see the life leading, he goes. Yeah, it's been a weird week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, uh, to be fair, I don't think he was that disappointed. I don't think he was that sort of like, you know, put down. I think he was just like, yeah, it, probably a bad time to geek out, really. You know, but, but <laughs> I, I do like the idea, though, that like they've taken Geordie in this different direction where Geordie has become like the long suffering one. You know how you usually get it? Like, um, I'm trying to think of comparisons, but I'm trying to think of Uncle Phil. Yeah, (laughs) Uncle Phil. Just he became Shredder. He became a villain. But uh, (laughs) but no. Um, what was it? Um, I'm thinking of uh, Stephen King's It. You know where you've got like um, is it Michael who's the guy who stays behind? I can't remember. Sorry, anyone in the chat who's uh, a big fan of Stephen King's It. But basically, the guy who stays behind to kind of look after the town and basically warn everyone if, like, you know, It comes back and whatnot, he kind of becomes a bit sort of like, I don't know, he's like the responsible one after everything's mm. done. And it's that yeah. kind of thing. And and Geordie seems to be the one where he's, like, not going off doing adventures. He's the one going... <laughs> I'm keeping the history alive at this fleet museum. I'm the one shouting at Starfleet about stuff. Like, I'm, like, being a family man and trying to protect my family and stuff. And then you got Riker being like, adventure! And you've got, like, Picard yeah. being like, go back in time! And you've got, like, Worf being like, I'm, a, I'm <laughs> the worst pacifist imaginable. You know? It's... it's- uh, Spectre of Sanctorum, uh, Mike two Hanlon, there we go. Yeah, Michael, and... Uh... Spectrum, Spectrum have said, was the data collected cookies enabled? <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, they they refused an essential cookies or something. Well, and let's now, be honest. Now when they're watching videos off data, it's coming up with unrelated adverts because they refuse the cookies. Let's be honest. Even in the 25th century with the most advanced positronic net, even when data runs Google Chrome, he will still not have enough RAM. <laughs> yeah. We've left it open too long, <laughs> and now it's eaten up the entire galaxy's RAM. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Shaw, you know, says... Bit, yeah, it's been Hold on, if week. Data has another child, would it be called Cookie? What if he has twins? So, obviously, obviously, Lal didn't work out, but then if Data has kids, are they going to be Cookies? Oh, God. 
Yeah, I think that'd be good. That, that's going to be like the sort of lower decks. Oh, God. Sort of <laughs> oh, yeah. Lower decks will do something like that. Yeah, yeah. We, Yeah, absolutely. But then um, one of the cookies isn't enabled. So, like... uh, so yeah, so after that, uh, suddenly the Titan starts phasing um, mm. and it starts cloaking. Well, and, and someone's like, we're getting a lot of EM radiation. That's concerning, you know. And suddenly the Titan cloaks... And Geordie again gets pissed. <laughs> and Geordie's like, You've stolen the clock of device from my bird of prey. And I'm like, Oh, damn. Oh, damn. This angry, I don't like this yeah. angry Geordie. I don't, I mean, angry, I've dealt with angry Geordies. Let's be honest. <laughs> so you, you with angry Geordies. Them. I don't want to deal with this angry Geordie. <laughs> Because he was pissed, and, and John Luke's face is I had nothing to do with it. I yeah, promise you. But once, but once he's not yeah. responsible for the madness. And I love how they both realise, and it's like, Jack, oh, Sydney. I think that was my favourite moment of the whole thing. My, my favourite bit of the whole thing was that, where he's like, Jack, and Sydney, and, and they're basically sort of like, oh, no, it's our kids. You know? and the, yeah, and the kids are trying to fix the clock and device, and Jack is trying to fix it, and Jody just comes out, and I love this little quip, because he sees the... The uh, the spark between Sydney and Jack, yeah, and he does the most dad thing possible. He's just going, You stay away from my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> Jody knows. Don't piss yeah. off Jody, guys. Seriously, don't piss off Jody. <laughs> he's got he's got like 50 million ships in it, he will find you. Yeah, he has <laughs> access to it, like the Defiant, the hey, it's so much of a warship, it barely functions in any it other tears capacity. itself apart due yeah. to how fast <laughs> it, like... it is. We yeah, put you too many guns it. on it when the Shrike was still sucking at its mother's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So they they finally fix uh, the cloak and they let they, they make communication with uh, Warf, Raffi, and Riker, uh, Riker and Dacer. And they say, Riker. we're on our way. Right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, we're on our way. Um, bear in mind, we're going to be cloaked, so we'll have to de-cloak. And Riker's like, cloaked? And Warf is like, cloak with what? And he's like, what just goes, obviously with superior Klingon tech. I'm like, oh, Klingon burn. <laughs> I, I am here for these burns from Wolf this season. He is just on fire. But I, I like the fact that like Riker is getting annoyed because like Wolf is not being like he's not biting. So like, you know, sort of Riker's constantly baiting him and uh and Wolf's just like, nope, I will not rise to any of this, you know. It's... But when he does, the burns are good. Yeah. And I like that. And I love it because that just goes back to first contact when the pickup blow off from the uh, Defiant and he's like, tough little ship. And Wolf just goes, little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the Titan warps back into the from Station. It cloaks. Um, there is a massive firefight because Riker just goes full commando here. He's mm. just like, you get everything sorted. I'll deal with the entire goddamn squadron of Starfleet officers coming to find them. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. god damn it. As one does. As one does, Riker has gone full Riker maneuver on this. He's got mm. his leg over everything in, in this. Scene. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Um, that's just going to be the the theme for our entire series now. Oh my! Um, so Riker fights uh, Starfleet, Worf, and Raffi finally disconnect mm. uh, uh, Data. Shall we call him? Yeah. Um, Riker gets tagged, and yeah. he gets captured. What does tagged? What what does it mean? Because he just gets like a blow dart in him, and I'm like, it's a transport inhibitor. 
Is it? Have we ever seen yeah. them before? I don't think I've seen that. Before. Yes, it was. There was a call. That's a callback to Star Trek Insurrection. Oh, um, right. Okay. Where they use a different type of inhibitor. It's not an inhibitor. It's an enhancer to tag each individual uh, colonist to beam them mm. up to relocate them. So this is like the anti-transport yeah. uh, thing. So the Titan can only find three signatures. So Shaw's yeah. just like just beam out whoever we've got. Beam out and the warp out. Mm. And Worf just basically says, you know, Riker sacrificed himself to save the rest of us. And he said, you know, I will get him back. Yeah. You know, I, I will. He, he goes for Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, he's just like, I will find you and I will pacif pacifistly kill you by beheading <laughs> you. <laughs> I just love claiming that you're a pacifist after beheading someone. I'm just like, yeah, cool. R.I.P. Sneed up there with the angles and Princess Di. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, poor Sneed up there with the angles with Princess um, Di. But then we get a nice little touching scene after after Worf leaves the observation lounge between Picard and Jack, mm. um, and I like this because this is Jack more or less accepting Picard as his father. Yeah, uh, where he's saying, you know, because he goes all he goes off in this little thing, and he's like, I got these touching, you know, I got these traits of compassion and sympathy and loyalty, and, and this is all of this I got from my mother. I'm like, oh, <laughs> nice little burn. And then he goes on about how his bravery and you know uh, loyalty, he he hairline, hairline, soon, mm. <laughs> hairline, he will, he will get for an aromatic syndrome. Thanks, Dad, <laughs> that he will um, <clears throat> he got from Picard, and I, I like that scene. And then we go to uh we go to the science uh the science department uh, lab shall we say where mm. they're trying to reactivate uh the android mm. and they don't know if it's going and they to do work. so by plugging it in which i thought was quite good did this in nemesis <laughs> they did this in nemesis you have to find the right thunderbolt port um, <laughs> See, I, I like the idea they're like oh the jason people they didn't know how to use this and Cody's just like done usb -C. okay that's like just yeah. yeah, it's a C. It's not USB three or mail. It's C. <laughs> um, but again, this was a really touching scene where they they activate him and he takes time to awaken, and then you hear lovely, lovely touching thing where it just, yeah. just looks at him and just goes, "Jordy." Yeah, because we know the Jordy so is best friends. We know. But this is the this is the amazing thing that they were like they, it, it's it's a wonderful thing in Star Trek where you get like these wonderful buddy things and it's it's maybe a bit like cliche that they write them in but in TNG you had like Data and Geordie as like best buddies in DS9 yeah. you had Bashir and uh, the God himself uh, the greatest Starfleet officer that ever existed Chief yeah. Miles O'Brien. He, he can kill 50 Dominion. No, he can kill like 50 Cardassians just by staring at them. And put up just with Keiko. by being Irish enough. He but, put up um, with Keiko. He was, yeah, yeah, he, he, was he, yeah. he managed to control the mighty beast that is Keiko. God damn it, Keiko. <laughs> the ultimate Star Trek villain. Um, we will find you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still I'm putting money that uh, Keiko is the villain of the season. <laughs> Can you imagine if they uh, they get the actress back? They get like, was it is it Rosalind Chow? And they'd be like, okay, yeah. So we're gonna get you back, but as the main villain of Picard season three, and I'm, like, I'm going to find. I am going to find the actress who played Keiko O'Brien. I am going to invite her onto this podcast, and I, I, I want to say I want to talk about your life and times on DS9. Not going to say anything. What? And then I'm going to go. Kinda... So, 
the greatest villain in Star Trek history, go. And she's going to be but, like, what? I'm like, just interrogate her. I, I haven't <laughs> actually properly uh, like uh, looked for stuff. Like, you know, I'd be interested to see if there's anything like at conventions, if she's basically got it, you know, got it mentioned. Because you wonder if like, you wonder if when she had the script, she was like, she's being a bit unreasonable here. Like, or if it's something where she never noticed or if it's stuff that only men notice, you know, like in that weird way of just, we're reading the scripts being like, She's kind of unrealistic. Like she's kind just of like, well, no, she. It's not unrealistic. It's just the idea of just going. She's, yeah. It's a very weird portrayal of marriage, but a common one. <laughs> yeah, know? it's. And it's, I think that was the point, maybe, or maybe the writers marriage. were kind of putting their own thing into it. But effectively, yeah. the fact that O'Brien gets happier when she, his wife, isn't. On the on the same planet, you're like, okay. He's happier when he's drunk, which I think is a bit of an Irish stereotype. So I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> but um, so yeah. So go, going back to Data, we we see this, and he calls he calls Jean Luc Captain, because mm. let's not forget, I Data. I would have been. I'm disappointed that so many people are calling Picard Jean Luc, because I I still think everyone would still instinctively call him Captain. Captain. And I well, love Riker the idea that Data scene, didn't they? Riker, Riker did in one scene in the first episode. Yeah, but but I think Wolf referred to him as like Jean Luc or something. Jean Luc, you know, a bit yeah. like, mm, and then obviously, you know, he got called like Mr. Wolf, which makes sense. Oh no, he called him Admiral. He called him Admiral. Did he? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, he did in that little message, didn't he? When the the mm. showed Roll Allen's uh, earring. Yeah. Um, but Data calling Jean Luc Captain is obviously telling because Data copied his his self, shall we say, in Nemesis when obviously Picard was still a captain. Mm. So Before he went makes, evil. So it makes sense that. The data we are seeing here is the data from 20 years ago before Shinzon, before yeah. everything like that. We then get a little bit of interspace between B4 and Law. Mm. So we do see a bit of Law, a little bit of a... I, I love the little, the little nod to Law and just how good he is, like just how terrifying he can be. But then they ask Data what was stolen from mm. uh Daystrom and he just keeps saying Jean-Luc Picard, Jean-Luc Picard. And I think he's glitching yeah. out. And then he does projection eyes. Yeah. Odd. Um, <laughs> odd choice. Odd. Very odd. But we so, see... so he's basically so he's gone from being like a one-of-a-kind android and one of the most in season one, literally the most important thing in the entire universe. And now he's a multimedia center you know now he's like you put him in the corner of your man cave and you play your movies off him he's an eye like, okay that's a bit of a step down really for data you know he's he's an eye data the yeah. but he's like a do you reckon he's like a an uh, an alexa it's like <laughs> oh wow yeah data play faith of the heart could it could alexa now playing could... faith of the heart <laughs> Could Alexa be a proto soon type? <laughs> yeah, the, it's, that's it. That's the, the oh, wow. that's the AI. That's the singularity, guys. That that is a, <laughs> Alexa is the singularity that uh, we are all going towards. Um, but yes, yeah, so I love that. If anyone was listening to this and they have an Alexa and it started playing Faith of the Heart, I regret nothing. Uh, if anyone see my post in the Facebook community, I regret nothing about Faith of the Heart. I will die mm -hmm. on that hill. Uh, Alexa, faith play Faith of the Heart. There we go. Well, you can reach any star. So <laughs> the 
So, yeah, so he, he starts projecting an image and they try and clear it up. And what we see is when he's saying Jean-Luc Picard, Varric has literally stolen Jean-Luc Picard's remains. Yeah, which probably shouldn't have been in a science station. They should have been in a graveyard or maybe he held on to them. I don't quite know the etiquette for when it's your I, own body and I you're still alive and functional. Yeah. I generally don't know, but it's, it is kind of terrifying that this, you know, that Section 31 has mm. essentially just exhumed every goddamn grave of a notable person and just put them on ice Yeah. Um, at this station. I'm really interested, though, uh, to find out why they've, they've stolen his remains. Well, the thing is, OK, here's the thing. So we have changelings that have got the body of Jean-Luc Picard and they're obsessed with his biological son. Oh, damn. So you're a bit Bog like... implants. Oh, maybe, actually, yeah. Oh, damn. Could it be? Yeah, maybe, maybe they were just like, oh, let's have these lovely Borg implants. Could, could they have captured... Could they, for some reason, have captured Jack or got hold of Jack, used some of his DNA, knowing that he was Jean-Luc's son, assuming that he's got a bit of Borg DNA within him to try and genetically enhance their own uh, DNA mm. to replicate better and to make themselves evolve, mm. realise that it wasn't enough, and then, they, and then they need to go to the source, which would be Locutus himself, because it's, there was it's no odd, other Borg. because there's got to be so many better instances of Borg than having to go to Locutus. Like, it's an know. odd one. I don't know. The, Locutus was very unique, though. As in, he lasted about a week. He lasted about a week, but I think <laughs> Which he is was... pretty short for Borg, you know, because usually it's like, you know, they don't really ever get changed back. <laughs> but he was more significant. But again, they should be going after Seven of Nine as well. Yeah, it, I don't know. I think, mm. I wonder if the Borg connection is something, but I wonder if maybe, like, when was it stolen, though? Like, are we talking that it was stolen, like, a week ago? Or a couple are we of months saying... ago, they said. Yeah, that's it. I'm wondering if maybe, um, maybe it could be crazy stuff. Oh, no, it can't be. I was wondering if maybe they could have, like, cloned Jack using it, but then obviously he's been around mm. for, like, years. And obviously, mm. and you know, and obviously we could we could make a big conspiracy about it, but then Jack was in the past <laughs> you know he existed obviously plus when... he's got aromotic syndrome so could they clone a disease i assume so i think isn't it mm. i think if you clone someone they'll have the same genetic faults wouldn't they potentially yeah potentially. Mm. it's very interesting but i mean but i i think the thing is we'll find out so there's obviously a reason yeah. but it is it is fun to speculate but then we go to the final scene of the of the episode uh, where Riker is on the Shrike mm. um, because Vadik is captured him. The Starfleet officers were Vadik and the changeling brethren that she kills, um, which is weird. Well, this is the weird thing because basically we see sort of Riker like sort of captive and being like sort of, uh, what do you call it? Um, questioned? Um Interrogated. Interrogated, that's the yeah. Word. yeah, interrogated by, like, Starfleet officers, and obviously they're punching him in the face and stuff like that and beating, beating him up. But then, like, uh, the main officer reveals themselves to be Vadic and then shoots the other ones. Like, and it's this idea of, like, were they crewmates or were they just, like, other changelings from 
uh, other ships kind of thing. Oh, yeah, there could have been just Starfleet officers, obviously, because changelings they... are planted on ships. So, yeah, there could have been officers just following orders, and she's... Yeah, and, uh, you know, so they might not have been changelings at all, you know? So it's like... Mm. But she she takes him onto the Shrike, uh, where mm. he just refuses to talk. He gets the absolute she height beaten out of him. And he's just, he looks at the tall change. He's just like, how much of that goo shit did they have to pour into you? I love that. Yeah. He's just like, because he's looking at this big bastard. He's like, oh, you're full of goo. Um, <laughs> and and I, he, I love that the big bastard, like considering it just came out today, the remake of Resident Evil 4. Mm. And then the, these guys reminded me of, you know, the, you know, the villain in like, well, the, the monster in Resident Evil 4, where it's basically the, what is it? The right hand and left hand man of Salazar. And they're just yeah. these massive beetle guys, and you have to fight one of them. They, I don't know, like um, Vadik's Vatic, uh, crew kind of reminded me of them a little bit, like evil insecty people. No Money G has said that Terry and his team have said that everything that is mentioned in the show this season is said for a reason. It is all hyperlinked and answered by the season's end. I am loving it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we we know this. I mean, he, like because like I said earlier mm-hmm. on, the end credits tease everything throughout the season. Because that's it. I did not realize that it had Pop Goes the Weasel in the fucking end credits. I'm just like, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> it was in yeah. inside all this. It time. has the Fleet Museum. <laughs> it has the Fleet Museum yeah. with the ships. It has uh, Picard 47 Alpha Tango. It has Shaw's uh, Psyche Val. It has the USS Constance yeah. in there. It has everything, um, which is brilliantly done. Yeah. But with Riker, you know, he's like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. There's nothing you can do to make me talk. Who have they captured? Oh, it's someone who can't do the voice anymore. <laughs> or is it Deanna Troy? It is Deanna Troy. Hey, hey, or Paul Spencer, welcome to the welcome to the episode. Uh, yeah, I've not. Paul says I have not stopped grinning and whooping throughout the entire episode. Yep, there we go. Same here. It was Same a very, here. very wonderful fan episode. But yeah, but that's it. But obviously, we've got Troy, and she's been captured. Damn it, she's not oh, doing much she? to shake off this. Uh, Oh yeah, it might be a changeling. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! What if it's a changeling? Oh, I don't know. It's a cunning subterfuge. <laughs> subterfuge. It it's a subterfuge. Well, what we'll um, know, what we'll know is we'll know it's not Troy if it can do the voice properly, because a oh, changeling damn, a, would be able to do it properly. That's a Whereas marina. If it's actually, right like, if it's actually marina scientist, you'd be like, I'll do it for two lines and then just give up. Right, cool. <laughs> But on a whole, <laughs> we're just gonna skirt over me just saying that. Okay. <laughs> but on a whole, again, and I've said this every goddamn week, this was an amazing episode. And the trajectory that this season is on is uphill all the way. Some argued that it was fan service. I argued that it was justifiable fan service and it was there for a reason. Mm. Um and I just, again, I can't wait for next Thursday. Yeah. Or Friday in the <laughs> UK. <clears throat> um yeah, I'm, I'm I was I was blown away by it. I think it was a very touching episode. It was a very family orientated episode. Um a huge amount of love was clearly poured into this hmm. uh, when it came from like the Fleet Museum, Data, uh Moriarty. The tiny, tiny little Easter eggs you see throughout. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely what? loved it. 
the, the, now, this is the thing. This is where I'm going to lose friends, okay? I'm going to lose friends because I've had three people, three separate people message me talking about how much they love this episode and stuff. I'm going to say this is my least favorite episode of the whole <gasps> season so far. I am, I'm going to say it, but it's simply because the series has been so high up and this is the episode that did feel a bit thrown together in a way like it has amazing scenes in it like you know has these amazing touching things mm. but all of the stuff that i've loved about this season like are where it doesn't just jump to stuff it doesn't have mm. stuff in just for the like you know sake of it like like for instance you know the 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 episode where they're going into the black hole where they fix it yeah. using science and they fix it using their minds this episode has stuff where it just happens in order for uh, the next thing to happen. Like, yes. for instance, like Riker, when he does the whole gung-ho thing of like, don't worry, I'll protect you by running out on my own and shooting people. And you're like, the door would have held. You didn't need to do that. You know, you mm. could have been, you know, and for the sake of that, he could have just stayed in. And therefore it does have narrative elements where it's like, oh, you did that in order for the plot to continue. And it just felt like a bit of a step back in a lot of places and stuff like the and the Sydney and Jack b b like spark thing has come out of nowhere and it gets developed a little bit too quickly. You know, yeah. you know, like it hasn't been hinted at all. They haven't even had a scene together, you know, that where they've spoken to it. Oh, I don't think they have, no. Yeah, that's it. And I'm like, oh, and it's just instant. Okay. It, it had a lot of stuff. And then obviously Moriarty. I love Moriarty. I, I thought he was absolutely amazing. Under he you. feels like fan service. He feels like, oh, that's him. Because it mm -hmm. wasn't Moriarty. And you're just going, well, why did Data create Moriarty? Like, and it's just there because fan service. Like, he could have done himself. He could have done, like, you know, it, that could have been a laser cannon or something. Or, like, you know, mm. you, you know, it's that weird thing. Or it could have been Data. And they're like, oh, it's Data. He's lost his mind. Oh, how could we stop him? Oh, Pop Goes the Weasel. It felt weird. It felt like, oh, we've got Moriarty in for fan service. And it's a shame because the rest of the series has been so good. So good at going, hey, everything's here for a reason. We're not just chucking it in there for you. And it all connects to everything. But it's like, if they don't do anything more with Moriarty, I'm going to be a bit like, oh, that was just fan service, was it? Oh, right, if you're not going to do anything more with Kirk's body, oh, was that just fan service? Oh, if you're not going to... And also, why did they get the... Why did they... And yeah, and like fucking... You know, she's not an engineer. Jack's not an engineer, technically. How do they put a cloaking device into the ship in about 10 minutes? Like, in order to get it functional, you know, like when, when you need, when in DS9, you needed a Romulan there, especially to go, this is how you use it, and all, obviously monitor. And also, they had the Defiant with them. And you're like, yeah. so here's a cloaking device that's made to fit into a Starfleet ship. Let, why wonder, did you though, nick that one? You know, like rather than the one that would have to be retrofitted, you know. I wonder. <laughs> and then was done by non-engineers, you know. It it just all of it just felt a little bit like we have loads of stuff that needs to happen. Let's make it happen as quickly as possible. And it was lovely getting fan service, but it did feel like the hand was off the wheel a little bit compared to the genius that we've had in the previous episodes. So so here's my thing. Here's my thing. So first and foremost, overall, I needed more Captain Shaw. 
Yeah, and there wasn't enough Captain Shirt. He was very underused in this episode. He is the captain of the goddamn Titan. He needs to be used. He got great the, scenes though. Like we're saying, the fanboy thing. Like, that was brilliant. Yeah. You know. But he needed to be there a, lot, a little bit more for my taste. Mm. Secondly, I felt going to Ethan Prime and then could, finding out at Ethan Prime that all these starships are networked, mm. the logical course of action would not be to have a cloaking device on this ship if it is tracked. Mm. Yes, you know, you can cloak, but you still have to decloak to beam, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Which, by the way, the bounty in the Voyage Home, they beamed people on board when it was cloaked. How that's, that it, that, that's what um, uh, that's what Toy uh, Blue Harvest said on, on the chat. Oh, has earlier. it? Oh, yeah. yeah they, they, they said, like, hang on, you could you know, trans teleport, you, you know, you could transport people while it was cloaked in the film. Yeah, of course. My rationale for this, right, once you've been told that all these ships are networked, they will find you, they will trace you, it'll be like, right, we have got an entire parade of ships. Mm. You have got the Defiant. If the Bounty has got a cloaking device on it, the Defiant will still have its cloaking device on it. Yeah. Why not, if you need to go there, Untracked, yeah. Get the defiant cloak, pick them up, do a runner in the defiant yeah. to bring them back. Probably give them a bloody nose because it's the bloody defiant, you know. Exactly. It <laughs> would have been. It would have been logical fan service to say, you know, to go through all these ships and say, right, we can't use the Titan to go here because we're tracked and it'll it'll bring the entire fleet yeah. to us. Let's use the defiant. Let's use I, a I, non-network ship. I feel it may have been that they didn't pick the Defiant because maybe Jack didn't know it had a cloaking device because it's the idea of maybe it's still secret. Like maybe even after the Dominion War, it's like, mm, hey, that yeah. was a total abuse of the treaty. And like, you know, the Romulans probably didn't tell any of the other races. Hey, by the way, Starfleet have totally gone back on the, you know, and we're allowing them to. However... Uh, it could be that the Romulans took the cloaking device back at the end of the war. They were like, hang on. You know, they got but the cloaking then... device back and they're like, oh, why are you taking it back off us? Oh, does this mean anything? It's a fake. You know, <laughs> thanks for but bringing us then, into that though, conflict. Um, instead of taking the Titan, take the bounty. Take a disposable one and be like, let's rescue people in this one. I generally <laughs> thought that's where they were going with this. When, when they were doing the idea, I generally thought they'd go, we'll take one of these ships. Initially, I thought, yeah, it's a bit too much fan service. But then they, when they mentioned the network thing, I was like, well, no, that would make sense. And again, going back to Battlestar Galactica, the whole reason the Galactica survived was because it was not networked. So it was not vulnerable to being yeah. found, to being infected, being disabled. So they used it. So with this, it's sort of like, well, if you've got all these ships, you, you know, take the Defiant. It's the most modern one. Take it cloak, beam, get the hell out of here, get back to Ethan Prime, then do a runner in the Titan. Yeah. And I, I just, that was my only, that was my only thing, but I do agree with what you said about um, Jack and Sydney. Yeah. And I do agree about Moriarty. If he is not used anymore, then that was a little bit too much fan service when it comes to um, it, it's the next generation. Thing where it's the, I think the annoyance is that it wasn't Moriarty. Like it was yes. data 
projecting Moriarty. And it's like, I want to know what happens to Moriarty. Because he, for so, you know, because the fact is, he's not a bad guy, the bizarre thing. Like, he's so, you know, he's not actually a villain in Next Generation as far Shit. as I see it. Shout out to Nita in the chat. Hello, guys, from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, wow. Nita. Hi, Nita. Brooklyn. That is Nita. That is Nita from Spectrum Sanctorum. Who is it? Have, ah, hey, Nita. They, no. have, they have just done their review of season five. Of season five. Why am I thinking there's more than... recording it? Oh, no, you're... They, you they recorded it. They recorded it last night. They recorded their review of Star Trek Picard last night. Oh, they're really so speedy, aren't they? There, there will be a oh yes. So, there will be a shout out. Make that really sexy. They're really speedy, aren't they? Mm, Rapido. Um, <laughs> they they will. Wow, that's I, I will, a reference and a half. Thank you. Right. I will give them a. Uh, I will give them a shout out <laughs> later on. But uh, <laughs> if you, if you just joined us, we're we're sort of geeking out about. Uh, Little plot holes here. Um, I mean, it's a sort of thing where, like, I just as a recap, like, I I am basically being devil's advocate where I thought that this episode was not amazing. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. It didn't give me the goosebumps personally of the things because I felt it, gave it was me the goosebumps. It did give you all the goosebumps. It gave you full R.L. Steins. That's it. But you know, Starship porn. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing. I think maybe because I'm not like I'm a massive fan about the plot and the characters and stuff but i'm not really that invested in the like the ships and the technology and you know the the things so therefore i was just like yay cool it's great to see voyager oh it's great to see the defiance still around and mm. you know and all of these things and whatnot but it wasn't like and that's enough for me it was like hey we need more talking scenes and this one did seem to be a bit like um yeah it did, it did seem to be a bit like you know fan service in place of the amazing dialogue that we've had in the last two episodes, like you know, and but I, I still enjoyed it, and it's great getting Geordi in there. It's a shame that Moriarty does seem to be just fan service rather than actually having a wider part of it that I was hoping for. I, I do, but hope it's to great see. to see Geordi. It's great to see Data again. Like it's it's you know one of these things where like you know you don't you know when you have something where you're like no that's fine you can totally just retcon that like you can just totally do that I just want this back like yeah. I'm totally fine with them being oh you know Picard you're not a fucking android anymore there you go you know or like. Or, oh, yeah, Data didn't really die, actually. It's, you know, he's back again. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, if they just turned around. And, it's a, it's like with Star Wars, where they, if they, like, actually, me and Joe were talking about this on Instagram. But it's the idea of if they just went, you know what? The sequel trilogy didn't happen. You know, okay, here's episode. Fine like, you know, yeah, if I'm they just went like, oh, okay, here's episode seven. You'd be like, well, yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah. like, I, you know, I would not mind that, you know. <laughs> But but overall though, uh, overall uh, mm. another solid episode uh, yeah. from it, Terry Metalis and the crew. For all I complain about this one, it's leagues ahead of seasons one and two. Like it's that whole thing yeah. of like it feels, it feels like a continuation of a plot, and because the actors are so good, they're carrying it so well. It's this idea of like just Seven being amazing. Sure, like he wasn't in it much, but then we're still talking about how good his little fanboy scene was and stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. And Geordie, like, you know, just Lamar, Lamar Burton, man, he's so good. He's scary when he's angry. And I think <laughs> it's the ocular implants that it's because he's become a dumb top daddy now. He, he's he's, a he's lot gone of full on Dilf. Yeah. Mm. Does that mean Wolf's? Does that mean Wolf's a kilf? Kilf? 
Klingon, Klingon I'd, I'd like to. Like to I don't think you with. get to fuck the Klingon. I think it, you know, I think it's more of a sort of one-way street. Well, well, well he's a, he's a pacifist, a, so you never know. Technically, a two-way street, I suppose. But you well, know. someone's getting beheaded. I know that. So um, <laughs> worst pacifist ever. <laughs> so yeah, I think going a solid episode. I think for the future, oh, the, I do think what Nita's saying. What Nita's saying is, uh, did you think Beverly's explanation on Jack's vision is all it's cracked up to be, or do you think guys think there's more to it? I think there is. I think basically the whole thing is there's something seriously. I think uh, Goodwill was saying in the last episode that um, he's thinking there's something to do with the Borg. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening to Jack. And I think that's true. But I think what they needed to have is they needed to have, hey, Jack, you're not cracking up. There's totally a reason for this. And it's not. And it's Beverly just being a shit doctor again. But it's her just being like, oh, well, it's just these crazy visions again. And it isn't. It is. It's some kind of Borg thing. It's some kind of, or at least changeling thing. But I definitely think there's more to it there. But obviously, Beverly's just are. like, oh, it's not cancer. Just take some paracetamol. And oh, you're dead. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. You know, <laughs> But but over overall, hey goes uh, a villain. Beverly's a crap doctor. There we go. Hot hot take Friday. Overall, great episode. I do think we'll see more of Ethan Prime. Uh, I do think yeah. we'll see more of the music. He sounds like I, a porn star. Ethan Prime. I'm Ethan pretty Prime. sure I've seen a porn star called Ethan. Or a top tier subscription service. Yeah. Um, I I I'm still convinced, and Doug Drexler is dropping hints left, right, and center. He dropped a hint a few weeks ago about the NX refit. And the NX refit was seen. Mm. I still think we're going to see the salsa section of the Enterprise. We, we, no, we definitely are because a, a mate of mine. It is in the fleet museum. Yeah, well, a mate of mine sent me a picture that, like, apparently Lamar Burton posted on Twitter, where it was like a picture of him saying, "Get ready for like season three of Picard," and it's literally him, you know, as we saw him today. But in the background is basically the set oh, of the Enterprise D, and I don't know if it was a Photoshop or something. But it was this idea, of, and then he said it, it got deleted within like a minute or something. But basically, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and it's one of those ones of just being like, okay. So I don't know if they rebuilt it for press shots or something, or if it is actually going to appear because it looked like a posed press shot. It didn't look like, you know, yeah. like a, a, a screen grab from a scene or whatever. But I do like the idea of, I do like the idea of him being like, oh shit, okay, can't post that, you know. So I'm. Again, I am looking forward to next week's episode. Mm. Um, I'm really glad that <clears throat> we're not getting that much information on these episodes as well. Yeah. Um, before they come out, it's a very—I think it's like a two-sentence synopsis for for every episode, which is brilliant. Doesn't give away the farm. The screenshots that are released by CBS does not give away the farm as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. And I am every every episode. I'm left either. Surprised, shocked, uh, satisfied over the some of the things that they do. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. A, a, a fantastic episode this week. Nita says, uh, "Yes, I agree. That doesn't explain how Jack went all Jason Bourne uh, on the changeling. Like I mm. said, I think there's a, a smidgen of a bug <clears throat> in here within <laughs> Jack, um, and he does go full Jason Bourne. So he's either a sleeper agent." Mm. Um, for Sec 31, or uh, there is some bog changeling DNA within him that senses changelings. 
because that's the only mm. way I could justify that. But yeah. okay, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make hot take because I'm doing a lot of hot takes today because obviously Keiko, Keiko is, is the greatest. Ke- Keiko is the greatest Star Trek villain. What are you gonna Oh god, um, no, but uh, the I'm gonna have so many people over. Muslim China's gonna come around to my house and punch me. Um, only after no, the um, podcast. After the podcast, <laughs> you can do it now. To be fair, you know, um, but the. I, I'm thinking, you know what, wouldn't it be amazing? I don't think it's going to happen. But wouldn't it be amazing if they brought eight, Species 8472 into it somehow? You mentioned this last week. and I I know, but imagine. Imagine if they were like, oh, while we're here, while we're doing fan service to the wider, uh, you know, the wider law, you know, if they went like, oh, actually, and therefore, you know, because that would, would it be interesting? Because the whole thing with them is that they were hyper-evolved. And that's how they, you know, and they evolved really quickly. And then we're getting changelings now that are hyper-evolved. So you're wondering if maybe there's some kind of like... Oh, damn. You know, this thing, like you wonder if maybe this thing. And then and then, wouldn't it be amazing if we're doing this thing where we're going, hey, here's the end of Rolaren, and that's the conclusion there. Here's kind of the conclusion to Moriarty, maybe. But then imagine if they were like, oh, yeah, you know, that conclusion that we never really sort of tidied up about the Borg and their war with a species a 472 oh it's here <laughs> you know oh my god yeah because there were erosion in the alpha quadrant because it was referenced well, in one of the it. episodes so they did yeah. say look how know, did this they is get 20 there? years later or whatever so there's no reason why you know like and also like we don't really know because they're from a different universe aren't they it's not the mirror universe but they're actually they're in a, a different, different dimension yeah, that's it. So you're just going, so they could exist in any quadrant, technically. They're in fluidic space. Which, <laughs> fluidic uh, space. That's, which that sounds like the worst chat-up line in the entire world. Like That's like one of those bad, Ew. dodgy, yeah, I'm going to take you to fluidic space. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, overall, guys, <laughs> overall, guys, to, to wrap this up, I think, uh, I think, safe to say, we are both still loving Star Trek Picard Season mm. 3. Uh, it's amazing. Four more episodes left, though. So if you see the change.org post that I've been putting on mm. Twitter constantly and on the Facebook group constantly, please <laughs> sign it because we are well over 10,000 signatures on that. Uh, tell, say what it's about. Say what it's about. The change.org signature is basically going to be addressed to Powerman to say, hey, we want Terry Metallis to have the keys to the car. We want more adventures in the 25th century with Todd Stashwick and Seven of Nine, uh, uh, Jerry Ryan, the Seven of Nine. Yeah. Um, we want more of this. We want a Titan spin-off. Terry yeah. Metallis has actually come up because this was mentioned on The View uh, yesterday when LeVar yeah. Burton was on. Um, and it is gaining traction. And uh, Terry Metallis has said, if there is a spin-off, he's got a name for it and he knows what it, what, what it wants to be about. It's going to be called Star Trek Legacy. Yeah. And it's going to be about the legacy of the old generation and the next. Mm. So it'll be interspersed with classic characters and the new characters, which we are getting in uh, Picard with the Titan crew and the new captain yeah. and Sydney Forge and stuff. So the, the markings are there. This could be an excellent backdoor pilot for a, a new Star Trek spinoff. And they would be mad not to. Well, I, I think it'd be brilliant. Like, it's just this is all I want. Like, all I wanted is like, because I I remember like when I first got back into Trek, because obviously I watched it as a kid. It was always like, you know, literally I'd come home from school and it was um come home from school and it was the double bill of the Simpsons and then Next Generation. 
DS9 I never got to watch because it was only on Sky. I don't think it had any UK it was on BBC, It was on BBC Two. Was it? It started a few years after it aired. So I think it was 95, 96 it aired. I never remember seeing it. But then again, Buffy. Like, I think what happened is Buffy came out on, like, sort of Sky One or something, which we didn't have. And then, like, four years later, it started on BBC Two or something. And you were a bit like, oh, well, everyone's talking about season six now. And I'm just like, oh... You know, starting like season two, it was like we a... were very, we were very hard done by in the UK, guys. For 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 people watching yeah, in America, yeah. when it came to Star you Trek, the, the next stuff, yeah, the next generation <laughs> didn't start until three years after in 1990. DS9 mm. was two to three years after, and Voyager was 1996, 1997. We were very, very uh, hard done by. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing the thing that I had was basically like and then so so I kind of missed DS9 entirely until like about sort of five years ago and then just went like you know pretty much just pre-pandemic and then it got me yeah. through the pandemic because I watched it like twice over the course I've watched the whole all seven seasons twice over the course of the pandemic and it got me through. Um but the the thing is I watched Voyager and then I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. And obviously, because we saw it like years later, we were like, oh, there's nothing coming next. And then you just had this 10-year period of just being like, so so we never are we never gonna like have another series where it kind of goes, hey, this is what the universe is like after the Dominion War. This is what like, you know, like well, I didn't know about that, but you know, like after the whole Oh, you know when they when Voyager gets back and all the stuff that we see in Voyager about this the repercussions is like and the fallout, stuff. yeah, yeah, and like stuff like oh the Romulan Empire failing, like what you know all this stuff, and then just be like oh we're never gonna ever look into that, and then obviously then they go here's a reboot film with loads of lens flares, and then here's Discovery which isn't gonna do any of the stuff you wanted to do, and it was a bit like please don't do this, like please continue it, you know. I think- <laughs> And I I'm think just I'm... so fucking glad that they are. So, you know, they, they just have to. They just have to keep going with it and be like, yeah, here's fucking Cardassia. Here's the state of the Cardassian Union right now, you know, like in this time I, period, you know. I, I think Paramount has a good track record of listening to Star Trek fans. When you, when you look at uh, Strange New Worlds, and what fans wanted, and they actually listened, <laughs> so, and they said, "Paul Spencer's backdoor pilot is a show I'd watch." Mm. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> um, uh, no money. G says new new Trek actually made by real Trek nerds who actually know Star Trek canon. Go figure. Yes, it was. Uh, I do agree with that. This is what I was saying. Sorry, I'm talking way too much, Goodwill. Sorry, um, but it's I'm very passionate about it. But it, this is what I was complaining about. Like whenever you criticize Discovery, everyone's like, "Oh, you just you're just like a neckbeard, and you hate like uh, you know you hate wokeness or whatever." And I'm like, "No, I just want things to be well written. I just I want I want a show that's Trek that feels like Trek rather than just being like, oh, it's Star Trek because it's set in space and it's got there's a Vulcan." There you go. Let's, let's and here's Klingons, forget. but they don't act like Klingons and they don't, yeah. And, you know, it's that weird thing of just being like, no, you know, <laughs> and I, I really tried with it, but it was this thing of just being like, I don't enjoy this. Let's let's <laughs> not forget, and I, I, have, I, have, I have made this speech before and I've said it on Twitter, we thank Star Trek Discovery not only mm-hmm. for being there and, and bringing in a whole new era of Star Trek shows, Ushering in nearly, we're nearly at the uh, new golden age of Star Trek. Let's be honest. I will always be grateful for Discovery. I will always be uh, grateful for any new Star Trek because any new Star Trek 
is always welcome because we could have none. Mm. My biggest issue is the writing. That is yeah. it. It's not the actors. It's not the acting. It's it's the writing. That's yeah. all the that's all the issue I have. I have got no ill will towards uh, anyone who works. You only have goodwill, don't you? I have goodwill. <laughs> I am goodwill in, embodied in, in <laughs> yeah, good, good body in in, um, in name and it, nature. There we it go. just it just the writing was was not there. And what we are seeing very slowly from when uh, Discovery started, we have had uh, we had first two seasons of Star Trek Picard. We've had Star Trek Lower Decks again. Mike McCannon, mm-hmm. huge Star Trek fan. We have had uh, Star Trek Prodigy uh, again. The showrunner, huge Star Trek fan. We've had Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds, Akiva Goldsman, again, huge Star Trek fan. And now we've got season three of Star Trek Picard, for, where Metallus is a showrunner for every episode, again, huge Star Trek fan. These people love the Star Trek, know the source material, and are very yeah. respectful. Give these people the run, and you, it, you will reap the benefits of this. And I know Paramount Plus is going through a budgetary crisis and they're trying to cut back. If you are trying to cut back, literally all you need is two or three series. You don't need four, five, six, seven. If you've got Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, and a TNG, hmm. You can write your own checks on that, and people will absolutely love it. So I think yeah. it's probably best because have you seen the time? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I think We've been talking that long. Oh my god! I think it's probably best if we wrap this up, Graham. So, should. so, thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight. We love each and every one of you. I am going to do a little bit of self promotion now, Graham. Oh my god! Because some tonight, ownerism. some ownerism. tonight. I'm burning the midnight oil tonight. So mm. I am recording a lovely show called Off the Shelf for Spectrum Santorum. Spectrum Santorum. <laughs> I do apologize. Uh, my mouth locked up there. Uh, <laughs> off the Shelf for Spectrum Santorum, where I get to discuss the wall the of bankruptcy. The wall of bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> So I will be recording that tonight with the lovely team at Spectrum Santorum. Um, so I will post the link in the Nerdy Up North Facebook community when that is uh, live on the YouTube. So you can come and have a look at all my reasons I have insane content insurance and, <laughs> where, and why no one but Paul will ever know my address. Um, I am doing that tonight. Um, do you want to promote what you are doing for the next... Uh, oh god um tomorrow i'm resting way it'll be amazing um oh yeah yeah and paul's just saying in the chat uh, on on sunday nerdy up north has the podcast where it is the top five deaths in movie movies that are you on that one top... goodwill i yeah, am not. i'm not you're not am, oh, okay i am not i am it's top five deaths in movies uh which is 7 30 p.m uk time uh on the nerdy up north youtube channel Tuesday, I will be twitching my final episode of Far Cry 5. Mm-hmm. So it will be a bit emotional for me because I played that game on... It's my first ever solo game on Twitch. Yeah. So I'll be looking forward to finishing Also, that. You, you should be warned because on Thursday, I'm going to the Newcastle Beer Festival. It's tradition. Me and, me and my mates have done it for every year. This might be our 15th year doing it. Okay. So I will be mortal by the time you're streaming this. So if I'm watching you streaming it, I'm on Tuesday. Prepared. I'm streaming on Tuesday. 
Oh, no. on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. then no, I won't be able Thursday, to we are safe from drunk sinoids. Damn it. <laughs> I was just going to come on and just abuse the fuck out of you. Be like, you're rubbish. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I am. But uh, <laughs> so that that's that's me for the next week. And then obviously this time next week, we'll be... Uh... Oh, Paul might stream on Twitch. Paul might stream just to get Ooh. the abuse. Which is like that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, so obviously this time next week we will be uh, we will be back whether or not we'll be live I don't know that's up to our cult leader Paul he said we won't be Paul said we won't be live next week so it'll probably be this episode coming out on Saturday oh it'll be out on Saturday at your pleasure what is Uh, your pleasure mister Um, I need to promote my voodoo stuff but yeah yes you do please do yeah no um yeah yeah it doesn't matter to any of you because most of you are American. But uh, and also, I think the event sold out. But no, on I'm having a day off tomorrow, which will be lovely. <gasps> uh, just got to do some rehearsal. Uh, I've got I've got a da- dance section to rehearse and learn how to do that. And then on Sunday, I will finally be at the Drag Idol uh, final at Boulevard in Newcastle. It is a big, grandiose affair with lots of backing dancers and crazy stuff. Uh, I will be there doing interviews with all the contestants and all of the judges and. Loads of other people, because basically it's one of these wonderful things where every year all of the big drag alumni and the sort of, what are they called, the, the legendary drag que- kings and queens or whatever around the, the area basically come together and we all get dressed up and stuff. So it'll be great interviewing them and stuff and uh, chatting to all the fans and things uh, and then watching the show and seeing who wins, seeing who actually wins the competition. And then afterwards, I'm performing at the after party, which was quite good. It's really bad, actually, because I didn't agree to the after party, but got roped into it. Where basically, like, uh, one of the judges who's running the after show party uh, messaged me saying, hey, you're coming to the after party after the thing. And I'm like, well, I've got people to interview. But once I finished interviewing them, I'll like... um, you know, I'll, I'll pop along. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. And then they sent me a message later saying, oh, because you're interviewing people, I've put you on later. And oh. I was like, what? You know, and it's like, and the next thing I know, there's a poster with me on it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm performing at the after party then. Well, you Nita, Nita, as you said, <clears throat> and I quote, I'm going to use my best British voice because I know Nita is from Brooklyn. <clears throat> Shake what your mama gave you. <laughs> Nita, if you have a look at the description below, I love doing this. I've I've always seen YouTubers do this. How do we know uh, it's below? Is it because I put it? I got Paul to put it there. Maybe she's you know, got a monitor up, upside down. Well, I don't know. Right, but if you look at the description below, guys, you will see all of the lovely, lovely links. So we have got the link to the Facebook group, Nerdy Up North, which I know for a fact that Nita has joined tonight because I approved her. You can't. <laughs> You can't leave me to. Um, so we got facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash nerdy up north. We are at 7,300 plus cult members at the moment. Too many. Most of them deranged people from the northeast of England, which I love. <laughs> um, and then Gabe. And then Gabe. <laughs> and then we have shout out Gabe. American. Gabe from Washington State. Um, yeah. We have Instagram, instagram.com forward slash nerdy up north. We have a Patreon. As well as where you can see exclusive content, uh, where the lovely Sammy has been doing her Game of Thrones uh, videos. Uh, so that's Patreon. Uh, search for Game, uh, search for Nerdy Up North on Patreon. We have Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Nerdy Up North. 
we have obviously Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash nerdy up north, where you get to see this lovely face in all these oh various, you, uh, various oh, unicorn so beautiful. Oh my god, I can't wait to see that beautiful face on Twitch in there, like playing Far Cry. Oh my god, well, guess what, so guys? Beautiful. Yeah, guess what, guys? Sinoise is also on Twitch. What is your Twitch handle? Sinoise. It's Sinoise. So it's just to make it really difficult to spell. I should have done the Velvet Snatch in hindsight. It's, um, it's in the description. It's in your video. It's in this yeah. very video. S-Y-N-O-I-Z. Uh, yeah. I should. I'm supposed to be streaming after this, but my voice is ruined. So I don't think I do. I will. He needs to go to an alcove urgently. Yeah, I need to be plugged into an alcove. We need to put him on, like, we need to put him on fast charge. We'll That's what we need ending. to do. Uh, you can follow uh, Science Officer Sinoise uh, on YouTube, youtube.com uh, forward slash at the Velvet Snatch. Yep. Uh, also, uh, watch Snatch Talk. That's the episode. Because I uh, people are asking me if I'm going to be drinking Sarah Peach, if I'm going to be drinking on Tuesday. Sadly, on Tuesday, I will be recording Snatch Talk. So I will have to be in drag again to record the final episode of Snatch Talk for this year, for this season at least. It's really difficult. I've got people asking me to keep doing it for different things. and it's He is an absolute trooper, guys. I have never known yeah. anyone work as hard as uh, Sinoise has. But the thing, because I'm kind of tempted to play Final Fantasy VIII tonight, but I don't think I'd be talking. I don't think I'd be doing the voices. So it would probably just be me playing Triple Triad. And so eating pizza in front of the camera. Exciting. Please eat, pizza. Please eat pizza in front of the camera as well. I kind we of to order pizza, to be fair, but I, I just ah. had lunch before this. Anyway, I will stop interrupting. So we've got the link. Yes. So we've got a link to Sinoise's Twitch in our description as well. You can follow me on Twitter. So I'm twitter.com forward slash goodwill none, uh, <laughs> where you can follow all my adventures, where I annoy literally everyone who has ever been related to Star Trek, uh, because I really love Star Trek and I think... Star Trek is a huge family that I want to be part of. Um, I am on Twitch on uh, Tuesday, like I said, doing Far Cry 5, 6.30pm UK time. So please come and enjoy uh, me in my uh, unicorn hats and play as many goddamn sound effects as you can because I've got some great ones and I will dance. I will dance for you. Oh, I will. I'll dance. I'll, we'll, we'll do it like Anita's saying. You will shake what your mama gave you. The the My mother will be disappointed if she ever saw what I was shaking. Um, <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in tonight, guys. I really appreciate it. We will see you next week, next week for the next episode of Star Trek and with Nerdy Up North. So take care, guys, and bye-bye. Goodbye.